Who else going to do it? Nobody else can. So you have to stay with the person, with the one who has proven over time that he's got the answers, that he's got this, that he can beat any situation in any circumstance. On the Choose to Think podcast, I will encourage and empower you to engage and optimize your best thought life in practical, meaningful ways so that you can live day by day in joy, peace, and God's purpose despite all externals. This is Victoria, and welcome back to the Choose to Think podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Choose to Think inspirational podcast. Today on the show, we have Ofi Ajembi. Ofi is a minister, radio and TV presenter, and leadership trainer. He's a certified member of the Maxwell Leadership Team and is passionate about the gospel and how the truth of God's redemption plan changes everyday living. And I want to read that sentence just one more time because we have to kind of stop and think about even these words that I'm saying. I, when I read it earlier, I thought, oh, that is so true because it's how the truth of God's redemption plan changes everyday living, or at least it can. And yes. I know I want it to change my everyday living. Ofi and his wife, Joy, are blessed with two children. They are originally from Nigeria and now reside in New Jersey. And I actually met Ofi as I have met several of the the guests that you've heard from already uh, from the Life on Fire movement. And we, we were actually put randomly into a small breakout room during a a conference. What was that conference about or a seminar? Do you remember a challenge? The Life and Fire Academy. I can't remember what that one was particularly called. <laughs> um, it may have been uh, writing a book. Was it the writing the book one or like um, how to write a bestseller? Yes, bestseller on fire. Okay. Bestseller. Okay. So that's how we <laughs> kind our paths kind of crossed at that point. And we were maybe only in the room for, I would say, less than half of an hour. And, yes. and I always, when I meet new folks like that, who are, who've stepped into their God-given calling, who are on fire for the things of the Lord, who really want to be a contributor, a kingdom contributor, and folks who really want to walk it out every day under the privileges that we have as a Christian, I, I like to invite those people in particular to the podcast, to the show. And so we're going to start, Ofi said something else. I have this little questionnaire that, that I asked my guests to fill out. And he started talking, or he just made mention of the fact that, of how God made us to be intentional creators. And that's really where I want to start. And other than saying, welcome to the show, Ofi, and then we can just dive right in. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much, Victoria, for having me on. Uh, yes, we did meet on the Live on Fire, uh, the bestseller on fire uh, group. And I think we were there for, for less than 20 minutes. Wow. But um, I felt like I'd known you for years. I know that sounds so cliche to so many times when people say that. But no, you were so helpful. You were literally helping everybody with your experience as a writer, as a podcast host, um, as a mom, as a grandmom, like you were helping everybody with everything. 
And I was just so attracted to your spirit, to your joy, to your enthusiasm, and it's such and such a blessing. Um, I've been trying also to start a devotional. Um, two years ago, I had done a, a thread, a challenge actually on social media about meditating Easter. Um, and I've been trying to turn that into a devotional, so I definitely have to ride on your coattails uh, <laughs> into that one. But thank you so much for having me on. I love your platform. I've listened to all your stuff on Spotify. Uh, my wife knows you now. <laughs> and you congratulations so on your son's wedding, you said. Yes. Um, oh, my goodness. My son just got married. Stuff is happening like mock speed right now in my life. And but, you know, I'm just asking myself, Victoria, what if this were easy? That's one of my favorite questions to ask myself, because I know that I can really overthink things and I can overcomplicate things and I can make things kind of seem harder, more overwhelming than they really need to be. Because yeah. the truth is I'm with God every True. single second of every moment. And his spirit is the guide and the comforter. So what could be so hard about that? And I don't, I don't mean to minimize pain and suffering and real trial and hardship. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying that I've got a lot of pots on the stove that are bubbling right now. And it's like, oh, put that one out. Oh, turn that one down and put that one up. And so, but it's all such an exciting time. So thank you so much for your kind words and also for tuning into the show. I really, really appreciate that. I've learned that these kinds of things kind of grow organically one listener at a time or one reader at a time. And I am so excited for your devotional. You know, people need that nowadays because- yeah. If, if we can kind of say, hey, here's the template or start here, then if they use it, I know this is the way I use devotionals that, that I've gone through. If they use those devotionals in a way to kind of kickstart their own deeper study of the word or their deeper prayer time, then yeah. it's a win-win for everyone. So good yeah. for you that you're writing that. Do you have a name for it? I, I'm still thinking on a name. When I had done that on uh, on social media, I called it Meditating Easter. You did um, call it that. Okay. Yes, yeah. it, it was called Meditating Easter. But as I as I bring it into a devotional, I'm kind of changing the name. So I'm still I'm still praying about that, thinking about that, meditating upon that. So, uh, but we'll talk about that. Okay. That yeah, we'll we'll have to when we get that, you'll have to let me know because I'll I'll help promote that. I would be so happy to do that. So, and this ties in perfectly to that first little launch question that I wanted to talk about about how God created us to be intentional creators. What did you mean by that, Ophi? If you go back to scripture in Genesis one, God. God makes the earth, he makes um, the sun, the moon, the stars, uh, the oceans. But when it comes to man, he's like, huh, let's make man in our image, in our likeness. Let them have dominion. Let them have uh, ownership. That's what I read when I understand. So let them have ownership of the earth. You know, God is sovereign. God is almighty. But we're made in his image and in his likeness. We are made like God. There's a part of us that is that is very much like him. And what is it that sets God apart um, from any other being, apart from the fact that he's eternal, that he's holy, that he's, he's just, is that he's the creator. Mm. And, and um, it, it's funny how after 
God makes man, you kind of don't really hear much about God creating much. It talks about how Adam now began to tend to the garden. It talks about how Adam named all the animals. And it says that whatever name Adam gave them, <laughs> that was their name going forward, you know. Um, and if you actually um, listen to a lot of uh, Hebrew scholars, they say that even the personality of animals came from the name that Adam gave them. And, and that just shows us an example, a symbol, a, a type of what God has called us to be. Um, and so today, God wants people to, uh, his children, he wants believers to go into all the world and create stuff. Um, God is still creating through us. God is still creating wonderful homes. He's creating wonderful children. He's creating uh, challenges. He's creating companies and organizations. He's creating technology. If you go back in time to lots of the first inventors, most of them were believers or the children of people who had eternal life. You know, the very, very form of life that God has, Zoe, uh, is what creates stuff. And so I think um, one of the best ways, apart from walking with God, um, is to begin to create stuff in the world today. And for us to, in our relationship, in the overflow of our symphony with God, that we actually bring from eternity into time solutions and creations. I think God has really, um, he, uh, he really did his best work with man. <laughs> is what Amen. That's right. Well, Ofi, can you tell me about a time when you struggled with toxic thinking as it relates to creativity and your mm. endeavors, your writing a book, podcasting, those kind of being a leader, all of those little areas? Have you, have you noticed or could you think of any way that you struggle with toxic thinking, knowing that you're to be creative as designed and that you have unique talents and giftings that God gave you. And he certainly didn't give me and we're all different in that way. But what plays interference there in your mind? For me, it was self-doubt. Mm. Um, and, and to this day, uh, I mean, God has helped me. God has brought me a mighty long way. But I remember um, in my late teens, growing up back in Nigeria. So I was born in Nigeria, but when I was just before I turned two, my family moved to the United States. We lived here for about seven years and we went back to Nigeria. Um, and then I didn't come back till 2014. So I went back to Nigeria after third grade here in the United States. By the time I was done with high school, now back in Nigeria, everybody has to go to college. <laughs> uh, if, you're, if, you're, if you're trying to be upwardly mobile, you know, you're trying to be successful, uh, college is definitely your way. It's not as expensive as it is here. It's not as difficult uh, to get in. Um, and so for four years, I couldn't get into college. I was done with high school in 1996. And that was when I really began to say, hey, maybe I'm not smart enough. Maybe I'm not gifted enough. Maybe I haven't tried hard enough um, because everybody else was getting into college. My younger sister got into college ahead of me. Um, my baby brother got into college the same year as I did. And so it really, it really did a lot. And it was a very trying four years for me from 1996 to the year 2000. It was a very trying time for me, but it was also a very revelatory time also. 
because that's where every single thing that I'm doing now was actually birthed. That's when I started public speaking. That's when I began to MC. That's when I began, that's when I was thrust into leadership. That's when I started to do Bible studies and began to preach publicly. Um, and, but it was a time where even though God was birthing something new, it was also a time Satan was really trying to get me to say, well, you're not good enough. You, you think if you were smart enough, then you'd be in college right now. Uh, if you were good enough, um, you wouldn't be here twiddling your thumbs and, you know, trying to, to make something of your life. And I think that many of us uh, in those times when God is birthing something, we can have the choice to look at what God is birthing or what Satan is trying to do to mess us up. And everybody has their story. Uh, if you look at one of my favorite characters in the Bible is Joseph. And how at the time when God was actually taking him closer to the throne he was going to occupy, it was going through a time and a period where Satan was also trying to get him to curse God, to doubt God, you know. But if you read that, that passage in, in, in the book of Genesis, there's, there's one theme that keeps going. It says, and God was with him. God mm. was with Joseph. But the thing was that Joseph was conscious that God was with him. Yeah. Joseph refused to let his circumstance, to let the failures around him determine whether he believed God was with him or not. He refused to let those circumstances and those negative situations make him to doubt himself. And so even when he went to jail, even when he went to prison, even when he was a slave, you know, sold on the block, stark naked, um, he, he didn't let that define his sense of worth. And I think for me, it's been a wonderful journey of realizing that it doesn't matter what I've gone through. It doesn't matter my circumstance. Uh, like the Apostle Paul said, I know how to abase and how to abound. And I've been in both situations. <laughs> but um, I, for me, that has been my thing. And I think that's also what I try to let people know, to realize, look, you are made in God's image and in God's likeness. There are things that you can do, like you put, that nobody else can and even if we all do the same thing, we all have a different bent to it. We all have a different um, uh, flair um, that we bring to whatever it is we do. And so um, I'm hoping that, you know, with my life, with my ministry, with my doctrine, um, and that every believer all across the world, and indeed every human being, whether they're believers or not, comes to realize that they're made in God's image in his likeness, and they need to create what God has put on the inside of them. Oh, that's a beautiful message. Thank you so much for sharing that. I want to go back to that four-year period or so when you were trying to get into college. How, do you remember how you were actually feeling during those years? I felt some shame. <laughs> I remember there are times I wouldn't even want to go to public functions. Uh, sometimes I didn't want to go to church because people were like, oh, um, you haven't gone to college yet? <laughs> um, but then um, God also taught me in that time not to define myself by things. And that's one of my favorite lines of Jesus. A man's life does not consist of the abundance of things. Mm -hmm. And whether they're material things or immaterial, tangible or intangible, um, things are not qualified enough to determine a person's worth. Our worth is always intrinsic. Our wealth, uh, our worth, and our identity comes from who made us and who we are in relationship with. Um, so I, I, it was, 
it was um, there was a lot of temptation to feel small. And after a while, I think I did break out of it. Um, one of the things that I was also able to reach out to was to keep my joy. So even though there were temptations to feel small, even though there were temptations to feel shame, and I did feel that. Um, at the same time, I deliberately immersed myself, like I said earlier, into the things that uh, I had opportunities to do. Because I kept thinking, well, I'm not in college, but I can minister. <laughs> I'm not in college, but I can start my public speaking. Um, um, and back then, I didn't even know what it was called. I just wanted to speak. I've always been a talker. Uh, in, in school, it got me in trouble a lot. <laughs> but, you know. Um, and at the same time, just to keep my joy. In incidentally, uh, well, not incidentally, I believe it's the prophecy over my life. That's what my name means. Ofi means joy. And my wow. wife's name, and my wife's name is joy. <laughs> double so, joy. Yes, you doubled double it. <laughs> oh my goodness. I bet that uh, was so, surprising when you met her, right? Yes, it was. It was um, it was a blessing. Yeah, where did you meet? We met in church. Okay. Um, and, um, you know, that's another story for another day because she doesn't remember the first time we met. And, actually <laughs> we had a conversation. and uh, but, you know, from everything I've told her, she's like, it can't be a lie because, you know, you've described me to a T. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, amazing. That's, that's something I always use up against her. You know, you don't even remember the first time we met. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, you know, have you ever thought about the power of your name and how that may have influenced you? Yes, I have. It, it literally is the prophecy over my life. So I'm a rainbow baby. Oh, um, I have one of those. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so my parents were newlyweds. Uh, fortunately, my mom lost the first pregnancy. They were really down. They felt really bad. But then um, they said, you know what, God, you gave us the first one. You can give us another and so they prayed and literally my mom says, both my parents say that, you know, they said they prayed the prayer of Hannah. Mm -hmm. If you give us a child, male or female, we will dedicate him to you mm -hmm. and he will, he will serve you. You will preach your gospel. And, um, well, I was born. <laughs> and so in my, in my, my father's dialect in Nigeria, it's from the middle part of Nigeria. Um, it means joy. And if you're a Game of Thrones um, fan, I'm Ofi first of his name. Before that, it was not a name. Wow. Uh, it was just a word in the lexicon. And my father decided to say, hey, that's going to be his name. And every other Ofi I know is named for me. I have a couple of cousins who are named for me. I have, uh, uh, when I was back in Nigeria uh, on radio, I had a couple um, listeners named their kids after me too. So oh, wow. that is, that is so amazing. Um, yeah. But I do know, I do know that my name has been a very integral part of my worldview. I'm never sad. I can be mm. frustrated. I can uh, be angry. Um, I could even be confused, but every single time, regardless of the situation I'm in, I always, I, I always see the funny side of it. Drives my wife up the wall sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, it has it has been uh, the banner over my life, and it has indeed kept me uh, mm. one time one time too many. <laughs> oh, I love that the the fact that you were able to say, okay, I'm not in college now, 
but by golly, I can do this, this, and this. Somehow you did, you resisted the temptation to feel small. No doubt you resisted the temptation to feel sorry for yourself because I think self-pity is, it's like rottenness in our souls. And I've been there and I've engaged in self-pity before. And there's nothing quite like self-pity that is so destructive. Number one, it's self-focus. And number two, it diminishes God's many blessings and favor over our lives. So what I'd like to connect here is, do you recall, or even in your life now, what do you actually do when you have, say, a fiery dart of the enemy that may say, you know, you're not worthy, you can't get into school or any of those accusations, how do you literally now, and I'm trying to connect the dots or make a bridge over for us, something kind of practical that we can do when we have those kinds of self, I always call them God limiting thoughts. I don't call them Mm -hmm. self, I'm like God limiting thoughts, not Mm -hmm. self limiting. So what do we do when we have those God limiting thoughts and we're engaging those over our own lives. How, how, what would you tell the listener who's kind of stuck in that way? And they, they're, they're like, oh yeah, I love to crochet. I love to make blankets, be creative in whatever way. I love to bake, I love to write, but somehow the accusations, they can't get over some of those limiting thoughts. What would you mm-hmm. tell them? Well, first of all, Uh, just like you pointed out, it can be very crushing. I think one of, that's what Satan really tries to do, to get us to think that it's all over. Mm -hmm. That just because you can't get into college, just because you've lost your job, or you've lost your marriage, or um, your kids are acting up, therefore you're a bad parent. Um, um, you maybe you're not financially stable and so you know that you begin to feel down and out that's what Satan tries to do and he tries to magnify the problem he tries to to make it bigger than you have you ever noticed that um as much as you have empathy for people that you're not crushed by their problems because of the perspective you give them advice but then you go home and sleep (laughs) but when you're in it oh my goodness the sky is falling it's the end of the world it's a matter of perspective Mm. and what I've learned and what I would um, hope that our listeners will reach out to is to look to God and I know that for some people they think God is the problem in the first place just Mm. this past Wednesday um, my wife and I uh, we go for a bible study and there's a couple who unfortunately have a kid who has a um, plethora of medical issues. And, and the mother was just going like, you know, why doesn't God do anything? So, and you can understand her heart. You know, she says, I believe in God, but why does he need to do something? And I know that some people are saying, well, you know, God, fix it, you know? Um, but we have to, at the end of the day, we have to like Peter say, to whom else can we go? Who else has the words of life? I think one thing we've learned with the pandemic is that doctors don't have, (laughs) they don't have all the answers. Mm -hmm. The government doesn't have all the answers. The eggheads in the ivory towers don't have all the answers. 
And so at the end of the day, what really works? You know, it's almost logical. Who else gonna do it? Nobody else can. So you have to stay with the person, with the one who has proven over time that he's got the answers, that he's got this, that he can beat any situation in any circumstance. Mm -hmm. A couple of weeks ago, I was speaking with my sister. She's back in Nigeria. And we were talking about the fact that the way of the spirit or the way of God seems to be slow because it doesn't always give you immediate and spectacular results. Sometimes God is spectacular. I mean, crossing a Red Sea is pretty spectacular, you know? That's <laughs> um, right. <laughs> but sometimes he's not, you know? Um, sometimes he's just, it grows on you and it, it kind of changes with the season and gives you perspective and gives you patience and he gives you that grit to outlast the problem. Sometimes that's mm -hmm. just what it is. And so any person that is is being tempted, is being tried in this period, stay with the person who does. And you'll be able to look back in two months or in a year or three years or a decade and say, wow, look at God. Because the truth is those four years I was not in college, it stung a bit, but I realized like, well, you have two choices. You can have a nasty attitude or you can't have the right attitude. And I had to stay with the one who could give me the right attitude. And then looking back over my life, like I said earlier, that's when I began to minister to people. And so while, um, and that was my call upon, like I said earlier, my parents had dedicated me to the Lord. That's when I began to actually grow in ministry. That's when I, I was teaching, uh, at some point I was teaching thousands of teenagers and young adults scripture. I was traveling across Nigeria, preaching the gospel. To me, I was just having fun. In, 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 and an aspect of it was, hey, there's nothing else to do, so I'm, that's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> but here I was a teenager teaching my peers, teaching people older than me, um, the gospel. That's when I began to even began to work in nonprofits and eventually became a program officer for a world, world health organization funded project. You know, that's literally how it started. That's how I became a leader. I'm actually a very shy person, even though I'm, I'm sanguine, I'm actually kind of bashful, you know, but that's when I began to actually start the process. That's when I actually got into the organization that eventually got me into radio and later on became a nationally syndicated um, radio host and producer. Wow. So the truth is, if we stay with God, right? Mm -hmm. Like Paul says in Romans 8, for I know that he will make all things to work together for the good of those that love him and are called according to his promise. It doesn't feel good in the moment, mm -hmm. but if we stay with him, he will use it to weave a much better story than Hollywood could have ever put together. Yeah, amen. Let me ask you this, Ophi, was there ever a time in your life when your trust in God, because I think that's a lot of what you're explaining and what you're saying. It's like, I'm just going to hang on to the one who made me. I'm going to stay in his presence. I'm going to keep seeking him, even when the pathway seems broken, even when it's uncomfortable, I'm just going to hang with him because there's nothing else that's really going to help me in the long haul of this. So, but did you ever 
have a time of your life when you didn't trust God over any particular issue? I hate to sound purdy, <laughs> but I would say no. I've always trusted him. Oh, what but a blessing. I've not, but I've never always understood him. Mm. And I think for me, mm. that was that has been more of a challenge. I've always trusted him. Like I said earlier, I think it's just logical that the person who made the universe knows how to sort it. So I'm like, okay, yeah, I trust you, but I don't understand you right now. And I need to understand you right now. Mm -hmm. I need to understand you so I can take the next step. So mm -hmm. it's kind of like with, like I said, once again, with Peter, like, yo, don't you care that we perish? Why don't you wake up? Why are you asleep at the bottom of the boat? You know, um, like David, I always take my frustrations. I'm like, hey, dude, do something. <laughs> right. And, and I think that also my parents really did a good job with, with teaching me how to talk to God. My parents, uh, both born again, even before they met, and I've seen them walk the walk. It wasn't just religion. Um, and they said, you know what? Go ahead. Feel free to, to talk to God. If you're pissed off with him, let him know. Mm -hmm. If you're happy with him, let him know. If you're yeah. encouraged, you're discouraged, let him know. And I think that's what um, I, I would suggest to everybody else, that um, God is not going to strike you dead if you tell him, like, you're wasting my time or you tell him exactly how you feel. No, he's not. You know, scripture is, is replete of people who, who told God, like, look, um, I, think, I think you've lost your mind, God. Because I don't, I don't appreciate what you're doing with me. Look at Jonah. Jonah said, I know you're going to forgive him if I preach and they repent, so I'm not going to do it. You know, even after he preached to them and they repented, he was like, I told you, I knew you were going to do it. And here you showed up again, you know, and God didn't smite him dead, <laughs> you know. Um, right. So, and, and, and like I said, um, it's never, it's, that hasn't been a struggle for me, but understanding him has. Mm. And so sometimes when I haven't understood him, I have made wrong decisions. So it's not that I, every single decision of mine has been proper, has been perfect, but I've, I've always realized to say, you know what? I broke the China. Can you fix it up again? Mm. I trust him to do that, even though I haven't always understood him. And even though I haven't always done what was right or acted in the right way, um, I always trust him to make it better. Like, yo, mm -hmm. go ahead and make it better. My wife and I are blessed with two children, a six-year-old and a two-year-old. And particularly the two-year-old, that dude is something else. Like, he, <laughs> he's, he's at that phase where he's throwing the tantrums and he's trying to challenge authority. And he's trying, he's discovering himself, you know? And last night, I was, um, um, my wife went for a choir rehearsal and he wanted to go with her. I was like, no, dude, you can't. You got to stay at home. And so he threw a major fit. And then it was bath time. I said, dude, you have to go. Let's go take a bath. And he didn't want to. And at some point, I just had to carry him. And so he cried throughout it. By the time I was dressing up in his PJs, he looked at me and said, I'm sorry, daddy. Oh. I'm sorry, daddy. You know, it's like, yeah, I threw the tantrum, but I'm sorry, daddy. Mm. <laughs> so, you know what? I didn't, I didn't kick him out the house. Right. <laughs> I was, I was getting pretty hot, but I was like, that's okay, Nathan. I love you. 
And that's what your father does with you. If you throw a tantrum, he's not going to kick you out the house. He's not going to throw you out the window. He's still going to say, you know what? I still love you. And mm -hmm. so I think we need to learn to, regardless of how we feel or you know how we think, just let him know, hey, do your thing. <laughs> mm. I love the distinction that you've made, Ophi, between trusting God and understanding him. And I also think that giving that example with your son is it becomes so clear and so easy for us to understand that some of this may just be submissiveness on our parts to come under God's authority and find the comfort there mm -hmm. and the safety there and then trust him, apply that to any scenario and even if it's uncomfortable, even if we don't like it, we don't want it, we don't understand it, we don't let go of that, knowing that he is our father and he does love us and he is with us and he will make a way and he knows what's best. So you really kind of just said all of that and by making that distinction and then giving the example with your son. So I'm wondering about just shifting gears a little teeny bit here, but are we going to do a podcast or no? What's up with that? Yes, we are. <laughs> Have we started yet? Um, so I did a live stream on Wednesday on yes. Facebook and Instagram. I think um, you tagged me on that, didn't yes, you? Yes, I did. Yeah, yes, I have I not listened to it, but <laughs> what did you say in a nutshell? So I was talking about intentional living, that we have to, we, we have to live intentionally. Mm. You know, too many times we fall into the temptation of living in autopilot. We mm -hmm. um, either are frustrated by something or we're lured by pleasure. Maybe you landed a new job or you just got married or, you know, you achieve some some peak performance and then you're just lulled into resting on your oars. But we have to live intentionally. Unfortunately, human beings are the only organism on this planet that will intentionally not reach the peak of their performance. Hmm. Uh, trees will always grow as, as high as they can. Rivers will flow as fast and as far as they can. Human beings are the only one who know that they could do more, be more, grow more and say, nah, I want to sleep in or no, wow. you know, I'm having a good time. Oh, it's summer. So, you know, I'm just going to, I'm not going to learn. I'm not going to do, I'm not going to achieve. I just want to rest, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was, um, it, I was trying to get back into the groove, you know, um, and, and I'm, I'm making that, uh, making that promise to myself and to everybody that you know i'm coming back to it it's called paradigm um change the way you think that's what okay. it's called <laughs> well my goodness so paradigm and change the way you think love it <laughs> well i think that's just amazing and that's awesome well and good for you and Thank so you. tell tell the listeners how they might stay connected with you. Where do they go? Um, I'm very active on Facebook. So you could um, um, facebook.com forward slash Ofi Speaks. That's O-F-I Speaks. Um, or facebook.com forward slash Kaz, K-A-Z. My middle name, is, my middle name is, is very long. So I shortened that to Kaz. So facebook.com 
uh, slash Ophi Speaks or slash Kaz. Um, also on Twitter, uh, I'm at Ophi Speaks. And on Instagram, I'm also at Ophi Speaks. Wonderful. Um, Wonderful. And I will put the links in the show notes as well. So the listeners can just look at those notes and kind of make the click and find you quickly as well. But there are so many wonderful things going on in your life, Ophi, and from the devotional to the podcast, to your ministry in general, and the the joy that you do bring to the table and that you you flood a room with if we were in a room it's just it's transferring here over over the zoom call even and what a privilege it's been for me to sit across from you and just unpack some of these things that have happened in your life and i am so excited for the listeners to know that here is a real live 21st century christian a young man who is seeking god who is determined and makes those daily choices to look to his father and who is not stopping and who's going to continue to walk one teeny, teeny step at a time toward the calling that God has placed on his life in, in meaningful ways that are, that are meant to be shared with others. So I'm so excited for you and I couldn't thank you more for coming on the show today. This has been wonderful. Thank you so much, Victoria, for having me on. Um, and thank you for all that you do. Um, you're a connector. You are um, an encourager. You are a helper mm. and a blessing to the body of Christ. I look forward to, to more interaction with you on and off camera. And um, I hope we actually get to physically meet someday. That would be wonderful. <laughs> I, I'm so curious about your son's name. I, I thought of that and it just came back to me. What did you name your son, your, your children? Okay, so my daughter is Oyari. Oh, a daughter, okay. Yeah, my daughter is Oyari. Oyari in okay. our language means victorious. Oh, see, that's my name. Yes. Yay. <laughs> okay. And we named her that because... Um, wow, my wife went through a lot, actually both pregnancies, but with Uyari mm. from the very get-go, it was a battle. And um, she had actually gone past 40 weeks and mm. she went for a checkup and the doctor was like, I can't feel a heartbeat. Um, mm. This baby's not breathing and the water's, the, the sack is broke. And so they thought she had ingested that and they were like, well, you're going to have to have an operation. And my wife was not dilated. And mm. so they were like, um, we think she's ingested the fluid. It's going to affect her brain. Um, this baby's going to be a vegetable and all that. Mm. And uh, they popped her out and she came out with a loud cry. Um, she was what? I think almost seven pounds or something, 22 inches. Um, she was, and she's, she's been perfectly fine. She doesn't take naps. She goes hard from 6am till 9pm. If we let her, <laughs> That's right. she's, she's six year old, six years old now, top of her class. And Wonderful. So, um, it's absolutely awesome. And then our son's name, I named him after my father. So his Nigerian name is Egri. That's E-G-R-I. That actually means a person of royalty. That's what it means. Okay. Um, and with him also, um, that was another situation. They've said, well, 
uh, you guys should have, you guys have to abort this baby because oh, dear. I went for a scan. They said, mm. um, you know, they not, noticed some spots on his heart and they felt he was going to be autistic and, and all of that. And we stopped going. We, we spent some time praying and fasting to hear from God. Mm. God told us he's okay. And so we kept speaking that we kept declaring that. And he was born perfectly fine, too. He was born uh, just a few days after my 40th birthday. And he's, he's uh, two going on three now. He's, he's so intelligent, so smart, so very strong-willed. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, it's been a blessing. We love, we love the children that God has given us. We believe that we're stewards of their lives mm. and we believe that great is their peace because they're taught of El Elyon. Amen. Uh, and if, if there's a resounding message here, it's that <laughs> our words have power. Amen. And I think of that, the prophetic name you were given and yes. we are a royal priesthood, right? So yes. all of that is so connected and it's just yes. such a, a sweet little message to, to remember that there is life and death in the power of our tongue and good for you and your wife for not well for resisting this kind of though it may have been professional counsel and medical sure. counsel, sure. but just saying, mm, no, we're just going to go over here and camp with God and allow yeah. him to, to uh, speak to us about this issue. And we're going to keep praying and asking him. So, wow, we could do a whole podcast even on that. But as we close then, <laughs> Ophi, would you mind just saying a prayer over my listeners, please? I would love to. Father in heaven, we thank you for today. We thank you for the gift of life. We thank you for the gift of fellowship. We thank you for your love for us. We thank you because you love us with a never-ending love. We thank you because your loving kindness is better than life. We give you praise for what you're doing in the body of Christ worldwide. We give you praise for what you're doing through the body in the earth. And I just lift up every listener and everybody connected to them that in this time that they will see you high and exalted that your picture and the pictures of your word will be greater than the pictures that are in the earth. And that we know that in this time of darkness, there can be discouragement, there can be fear. But Lord, we ask that you fill every heart with faith, that you help us in this time to choose to look to you and to your word, to cast off the darkness, to cast off the temptation to fear, but that we rise up and look to you, stay looking at you, that we do not look to the wisdom of the world, but to the wisdom that is from above, that is peaceable, that is easily entreated and produces fruits of peace. We thank you and we give you praise. I pray for every person with a need in this time that you meet their need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. I pray that financial needs are met, that relationship needs are met, that needs of peace and emotional healing are met. Physical healing comes upon your people in this time in the name of Jesus. For those who are uncertain and are riddled with anxiety and fear, we say, peace, be still. Yes. I stand in agreement with Victoria and 
the, the anointing you've placed upon her life. And we say that these listeners will stand strong in the power of the Lord and in his mood. We give you praise. We give you glory and honor. Do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or imagine according to your power that works within us. In Jesus' name, amen. It's a wrap, Brain Changer. And until next time, Dios primero y que Dios te bendiga. Ciao. Thank you.